Hello and welcome back to Booch Ball, the only podcast on the internet talking kombucha and college sports. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by my lovely co-host, Freed. How you doing over there, Freed? Well, Alex, I am just peachy, absolutely starving for boot. Oh, baby, just peachy, huh, Freed? Feeling a little juicy today? Mm. A little golden reddish orange, maybe? I think you'll be... Very happy with what we've got on the menu for this week's Booch Ball. But before we get to that, Freed, week one is over. Thank God. What a wild week it was. Yeah, week one is the type of week that reminds us why we love college football so much. We had a 7-3 to three game in which a touchdown was not scored. We had a 63-61 to 61 game in which many touchdowns were scored, most all of them in the fourth quarter. True. It's the type of stuff that college football can produce and no other sport can. You're not going to get that anywhere (laughs) else. You're just not. It's it's well-packaged chaos. Precisely. Is what it is. It's chaos with great branding. Why don't you go ahead and give us a little rapid fire on how our booch bet turned out last week. The booch bet turned out in your favor. You went four and one. Unironically, I went one and four. Our guest, Christian from Rockstacker Kombucha, we had a great time with him. He went two and three. Not the best showing, but, you know, he got a couple. And the Boochies fought back this week in the Boochie poll. They went three and one with one push. So good week from them. So, Free, does that mean you're going to Venmo me $5 for my booch? That's right. The first bet of the year is in the books. And there it is. All right, Freed. So week one is in the books. We're looking ahead to week two. Uh, we've got, uh, we got, you know, kind of a not not the most exciting week two, but we've got a couple ranked matchups coming up later on in our picking segment. We'll be diving into number twenty four Tennessee versus number seventeen Pittsburgh. Uh, then we're gonna go into the battle of the battle of Iowa. Does it have a name? The battle for corn. The ba- No, it's not. There's, there's got to be a name. They always have like some weird name. The Cyhawk Trophy. Oh, they just combined the Cyclones and the, the Hawkeyes? Yeah. They're not... Are they both Big Ten? One of the, Iowa State's no. Big 12. They're Big 11. A bunch of big corn-fed men in yellow and maroon. Just sacking each other for safeties. <laughs> crashing right? into each other, combining for 14 points. Final's going to be 12 to 6. Three to zero, Alex. Three <laughs> to zero. To say hole in that. And then a team from Texas pays a visit to the Mormons in Utah coming up later on in the show. But, Freed, before we do that, it is time to bring our special guest on to the podcast. Everybody give a warm welcome to Houston ESPN Radio Zone, Jake Gassman. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me, man. Big fan of the show, and let's have some fun. You're so welcome. You are so welcome. I know this is a huge opportunity for you, Jake. Look, when when Freed said, hey, can you come on the pod? My answer was, yes, absolutely. Let's talk. Let's make it happen. So we're here. We're doing it. And uh, I'm excited, man. You guys, you guys have built an empire in this space, so it's an honor to be here. The only podcast on the internet talking kombucha and college sports. That's no cap right there. 
That's right. It is a it is an extremely niche market, which means it was very easy for us to corner. Um, <laughs> so, Jake, welcome to the show. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing with ESPN Radio and what you're doing with your YouTube show? Sure. So uh, I grew up in New York, not too far from where you are in uh, in Brooklyn, Alex. I grew up on Long Island. Uh, I went to school in New York. And about four years ago, I, I took an opportunity with the ESPN affiliate here in Houston to work for uh, ESPN Houston and kind of work my way up the ranks and currently host the afternoon show on our station. So it's if you're in Houston, it's ESPN 97.5 FM. And the show's called The Wheelhouse. I host it, co-host it every weekday from three to seven. So afternoon drive with Cody Stutes and Brad Kellner are the names of my two co-hosts. And uh, we talk Houston sports. We talk college football, NFL, basically wherever the big stories in sports are that day, we're hitting on it uh, on the radio show. So I do that Monday through Friday. And then on the side, I also host a YouTube show called the Jake Asman show, which mainly features commentary about the New York jets, the Yankees, the Knicks, the Mets, basically the New York teams. Those are the teams I grew up a big fan of, so I kind of get my uh, my New York fix on YouTube, and then every day on the radio, it's Houston centric, NFL, college football, those type of topics. We're very happy to have you here, Jake. Is this going to be your first kombucha? First time. You know, I've heard about it. I thought about maybe trying it in advance, but I wanted to give you guys the full authentic uh, reaction. So I've never had it before, but I'm very excited, Eric. What we're drinking? So we got something special in store for you today. What we're going to be drinking is GT Synergy Peach Paradise flavor. Neither Alex or I have had this flavor, so this is going to be a little bit of a first time for all of us. Alex, what is kombucha? Freed, what isn't kombucha, if you think about it? Kombucha is a fermented probiotic tea-based beverage um, that is supposed to be allegedly good for your gut. And so this is, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a, uh, it's like beer that's supposed to be healthy for you. And they put like fun little fruit flavors in it sometimes. And so rule number one with kombucha, do not shake it. So we're going to do a gentle inversion. You might see a little floaty stuff in there. That's all right. We'll do a little gentle inversion and let's get into it. Oh, great pop. Oh, (laughs) mine's exploding. I did it too much. Too much sauce. Even a kombucha veteran will sometimes have an explosion. Sniff test. Smells pretty good. Peachy scent. Peachy. Looks like, looks a little thick, like fruit juice, peach juice. It's special occasion. Good. I brought out the uh, the Super Bowl giant mug I have in honor of football NFL starting this week officially. All right. You, you know, you got to just have one of those, at least one of those souvenir stadium cups. All right, you have to. In the cupboard. I have, I know I have at least two. I've got a Miami one, and then I also have like an ACC basketball championship one from DC. And it is also <laughs> a similar holographic kind of design there. And I bet you paid 15 bucks for it. This is better than I thought it was going to be, to be be honest. (laughs) Kombucha gets a bad rap. I don't know why. Well, I know know why. Well, you know, it's sold in the health food store. It has a bit of a scent to it. But, uh, you know, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, okay, this is a kombucha. It's it's a tea-based beverage. Maybe this is going to be like a nice peach tea where you get a little essence of the peach, a little sweetness coming through. 
but it's not that really you almost lose the tea it's almost like a like peach soda almost that's definitely how i would describe it it tastes it, you know it tastes more soda than beer at least for my initial couple sips here folks well this is uh what we're drinking here on Boochball. and jake what we always do here is we tell the good boochies and boochers of the world what we're drinking and then next up on the show we tell them what we're thinking what we're thinking Jake, I actually have a question for you in the thinking segment. Who do you look up to? Who do you kind of like either want to model yourself after? Or who, do you, who do you really admire right now in the sports media world? It's a great question. Um, there, you. there, there's, well, you're welcome. There's so many to choose from. It, it'd be tough just to say one. You know, as someone who grew up in New York, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do play-by-play or if I wanted to go into talk show hosting, right? So the guy I always looked up to was um, Michael Kay, who does afternoon radio in New York. He hosts the Michael Kay show, which is the afternoon show on ESPN radio in New York. He's also the play-by-play announcer for the New York Yankees and has been doing Yankee games since the, you know, the, the mid nineties on radio. So yeah. growing up, I always looked at Michael as an inspiration because he was doing both jobs. Like when I didn't, wasn't sure if I wanted to be talk show host or play-by-play, here was a guy doing both and making it happen. So Michael K was definitely like the first broadcaster that I looked at and was like, wow, like what a job he gets to talk about sports all day. And then he gets to call the Yankees for a living. How awesome is that? So Michael K definitely a huge inspiration for me, but really anyone that is doing a, a radio show every day, whether it's, you know, Colin Cowherd or Chris mad dog Russo on Sirius, just mad dog. I, you, you just you'd have tremendous respect for anyone who you know day in day out has to grind and put out content so over the years you kind of you know you you really learn to admire a bunch of different people in the business but you know the, the first name i thought of uh, to your question there alex was michael k because growing up i wasn't sure did i want to do play by play did i want to be a radio host well here i am i i made the you know, the journey down radio and content creating but michael k does both which is pretty amazing and who knows, maybe that could be, you, know, you, you could end up doing both. I would hire you to be the play-by-play announcer for the bootrader.com bowl that Freed and I will one day, once we, you know, get enough sponsorship deals, we will inevitably start. Will the you be in that bowl? You know, will they be a big hopefully favorite in not. that bowl? Hopefully yeah, not. honestly, hopefully not. Sub, sub tier. We're going to have a six and six Mac team against the six and six Sunbelt team. Yeah, exactly. Man, it's we gonna want be that in action. And then I have one other question for you. To be a play-by-play announcer or to have, you know, to be a, a radio personality, usually you need a voice. You need that good radio voice. And Jake, it's apparent that you've got the gift of the voice. So is that something that you've had your entire life? Were you born with it? Or is that something that's been carefully crafted or is it somewhere of a mix between? <laughs> you know, I'd love to tell you that I, you know, I smoke cigars every night and I'm drinking, <laughs> you know, the you know bourbon to get the voice all deep. But now this is this has always been my voice. I, I'm really lucky in a sense that I I went to a, a high school in Long Island, Sasa High School, that actually had a radio station, right? Student run radio station. So, you know, I, I've been quote unquote hosting a radio show since I was a ninth grader, like I was 13 <laughs> years old, right? And I definitely didn't have this voice then when I sounded like this, you know, <laughs> what are the Knicks going to do in free agency? So yeah, the voice definitely uh, developed over time. Uh, it's funny though. Cause I, I mean, my voice is okay. I guess, you know, I, I wish it was deeper. I wish it was like, you know, insert whatever great broadcaster has an awesome voice. I, re- I really think for, you know, for being a radio host, 
you got to just be you. You got to be authentic. You got to be yourself. You don't want to like do a bit or put on a broadcaster voice. Like how I sound off air is how I am off air. At least that's how I try to make it. So, you know, the, the voice stuff when it comes to being like a radio host can maybe be a little overrated. If you're doing play by play, I think, you want that great voice if you're on the call of a big game, but you, you also, you don't want to fake, it. you want to be yourself. So I've always tried to kind of just be me. And, you know, if you think I have a good voice, I appreciate the compliment because uh, sometimes I'm like, man, I really wish I had that guy's voice. So I'll take what I got, I guess. Well, we can take your voice in post-production. We can lower it a couple, you know, like an octave or an octave and a half or something. Make like me that. sound like James Earl Jones and you got yourself a deal. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, man. <laughs> Let's talk about your Twitter profile a little bit. Cause we're looking through here and Kayla and I have been watching Seinfeld on, um, on Netflix a lot. And so of course I noticed your Twitter banner, the ass man episode. We haven't gotten to that yet in our chronological watching, but I remember that episode clear as day from when I was, I don't know, 12 or 13 or whenever it was. Tell us about the ass man and what it means to you. Well, that's a great question, and I appreciate you asking me this question because I think this is the first time on a podcast I've ever been able to tie in Seinfeld to my last name. So this is a a huge thrill, Eric, so I appreciate it. I mean, I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. I've seen every episode. I love the show, and obviously, when you have the last name Asman and it's spelled A-S-M-A-N, growing up, you hear every joke about the ass man and this, and, you know, for a while, I had never seen the Seinfeld episode, but obviously as I watched the show and became obsessed with the show, I, I started to see what everyone was talking about. So I thought it'd be funny as a nod to, yes, my last name is Asmund. There's only one S though. It'd be it'd be funny to have that as the, uh, the Twitter cover picture of the scene in Seinfeld when you get to the episode of Cosmo Kramer getting the license plate uh, that accidentally says ass man because... Well, the person who was the owner of the license plate was a proctologist. So it's a play <laughs> on that. And, you know, obviously, like my name's my name. Like you got to embrace it, right? Like you, yeah. you talk for a living, you're a public figure. People are going to bring up your name. And it's like, that's the best you got. Like it's funny. Like I laugh at it. So uh, it's all in good fun at the end of the day. Maybe there's an opportunity for you to really lean into being the Aspen. That could be like if you wanted to be the early morning, like drive into work, like. I'm Jake the ass man. Yeah. Like, like doing the whole thing. I, yeah, I've so. thought about it. You know, it's funny because <laughs> I've been doing radio for as long as I've been doing it or just being on air. Like in hindsight, maybe I would have came up with like a stage name. Like I, I I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to point any out on this podcast, but there are plenty of people that you guys know that are on air whose last names are not actually uh, their last names. Like they use a stage name, right? Like I'll yeah. give you an example. So I went to high school, uh, the same high school that the actress, Natalie Portman, uh, went to school. Her last name is not Portman. Her last name is Hirschlein. Her stage right. name is Portman. So it happens in Hollywood all the time. It happens it's... with broadcasters too. So I, like in hindsight, maybe I would have, but I don't know. My name's my name. It is what it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Asman. It's pronounced like Jasmine. People say, oh, the ass man. And it's funny. I laugh. It doesn't bother me. So it is what it is. And Freed, it's usually when Hollywood stars change their last name, it's because they have a Jewish last name. Freed, <laughs> do you care to comment on that at all? Well, I just truncated and spelled it a little bit more. Yeah, easily Freed, you have now. a stage name too, because we call him Freed. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be surprised how many people have a hard time pronouncing my name. Uh, but I guess in Texas, where you know the the Jewish names aren't quite as common, it's you know it, it's a challenge. So. To move this along to the meat of our thinking segment, 
Now, usually on this show, we do something called firm it or burn it. Firm it is kind of like confirm it, but it's also means fermentation. So it's a booch ball thing. And then burn it, meaning we don't agree, we don't like it. So firm it or burn it. But today, I thought I'd confuse you even more <laughs> by making this relevant to this GT's peach paradise that we are consuming today. And I'm calling this segment peach it or pit it. All right, let's get into it then. <laughs> Can you tell I didn't clear this with Freed ahead of time? <laughs> peach it or pit it. Freed, I'll let you lead us off. So peach it or pit it. LSU should have gone for two. Pit it. Pit it. You had all the momentum. I feel like if a kicker could just execute an extra point, LSU was in prime position to win the game in overtime. You didn't need to go for the win in that spot. You got a gift that your guy somehow still had a second left after the previous play. I felt like it was the right move to send it to overtime. You felt good about your chances then. It's easy to say go for the win, and I get all that, but I I, I felt like LSU made the right move. Their kicker is just a college kicker, and that stuff happens from time to time, unfortunately. I'm going to pit the pat, pit the PAT. Um, wait, no, is that what I want to do? What am I doing? <laughs> My own segment. Or you're pitting it. Yeah. I'm pitting LSU going for two. That's a pit. I'm going to peach the pat. I'm going to peach the pat. Okay. It was fine. You don't, you're not supposed to mix and miss an extra point. That's like, it's the, the highest percentage thing that you can do to score points in college football. It's a home game basically. Yeah. So, and I, I think it's a, it's a great way for the internet to just hate on and blame Brian Kelly, which everybody already wanted to do. So I think regardless of whether he goes for the point after, or he misses going for two, you're going to have the same conversation after. Well, I am peaching the original question. LSU, yes, they should have gone for two. That would have been just peachy. I tweeted it live when it happened. I said, go for two, coward. Because you can't assume the PAT in a college game. Miami has lost to FSU in the exact same situation. I'm still sensitive to that. Back from 2000, what was that? It was 2016, I think. Mm-hmm. We tied the game at a last-second touchdown, had the extra point blocked. Do not leave it up to that. Go for two. Take the win when you have the momentum. All right. Moving on. Peter Pitt. Hmm. <laughs> Ready to go back to firm it or burn it yet? <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> sticking with this. Okay. Okay. The 12-team playoff is better than a four-team playoff. Peach it or pit it? Peach it. I Look. As someone without a true dog in the fight in the college football landscape, more teams having a chance to make the playoff, to me, makes the regular season more fun as a casual fan. I understand the traditionalists say, oh, well, we're just going to get more blowouts when we get to the playoffs. That might be true, but making more fan bases feel a part of it, making every school feel like going into the year, hey, we have a legitimate chance to be a national contender, make it the playoff. Uh, And even examples like, uh, I'll use the example of the year, Johnny Manziel won the Heisman. AM might have been the best team in college football by the end of that year. Well, they already lost two games before they made the switch to Manziel. And too late, doesn't matter because they wouldn't have made the playoff now with the four-team format with two losses. So I, I like the idea that a loss early doesn't cripple your entire season. Two losses, hell, doesn't necessarily uh, cripple your entire season. 
You're still rewarding conference champions. Yes, it makes the regular season a little more devalued, but you're making it more impactful for so many other fan bases. And I think that's good for the sport long-term. So I'm peaching it. I've wanted expansion. I think eight would have been my ideal number guys, but I'm cool with 12 to me. It's better than four. I'm going to go ahead and pit it. I like a lot of your logic, but I took the opposite out of it. I think four is such a good number because I'm cool with one loss. I like that one loss. You can still do it, but if you lose two games in college football, you just don't deserve a crack at it to me. I think college football is the best regular season in sports. And when you can lose two games and still have a shot at the playoffs, where's the excitement and, and where's the importance in that early season win or that early season loss? You say, eh, we'll, we'll figure it out and we'll make the playoffs anyway. We're Alabama. We can go 10 and two and we're in. I don't like that. Hmm. Well, to be fair, Freed, Alabama's going to be in every year regardless. So <laughs> even if they have two losses, they'll still find a way to weasel their way in. Um, so I'm going to peach it. I like the 12-team playoff. I don't know how that's going to shake out. If they're just going to make the number one team play the number 12 team, that I, I think might be a bullet. I think the idea was the, the top four like seeds Cincinnati. get buys. Correct. Correct. So they're what still the incentivizing. The, yeah, so they're still incentivizing you know, the regular season for like an Alabama, like a caller on our radio show brought up, well, you know, why would Alabama want to play their hardest against Auburn the last game of the regular season when they know they're already locked up a playoff spot? And I'm like, well, one, it's Auburn. It's a rivalry game. So that means everything. Right. And two, because you're still playing for seeding. You're still playing to have, you know, the the number one seed or, and obviously get a bye. So I, I think it's a fair point, but the way they formatted it with the top four seeds getting a first round bye, I think that makes some sense. It will be fun to see those 5-12, 6-11 matchups. Those are the games that we're really going to get to enjoy more so than the one versus and Those eight. are going to be at the home stadiums too, right? Isn't that Correct. what they're saying? Yeah, yeah that's the- going to be electric for you. Okay, cool. I'm glad you've explained that. I am <laughs> fully peaching this right here. There we go. Let's bring it back to the peach state. Hit it or peach it. Stetson Bennett is the real deal. Guys, I'm peaching this. I, you know, I'm leading the Stetson Bennett campaign. What does this guy got to do to get some respect? I, I, obviously, he's not going to be, you know, the first pick in the NFL draft like Bryce Young or CJ Stroud might be. But all this guy does is win. And it's not like he's doing it by just dinking and dunking. He's making plays. He's using his legs. He's not turning the ball over. He's throwing for 400 yards. I can see 11th ranked team in the country on Saturday. Look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you know, he's an all-time great, but He's really good, and he played really well against Michigan in the playoff game, played really well against Alabama in the national championship game. I, I I mean, I think he's a really good quarterback. I don't know what he needs to do for people to stop making jokes that he's like some bum. He's not. Like, George is lucky to have him. He's good, and he's playoff tested now. I think it's because of his – he needs a stage name, honestly. It's Stetson Bennett the fourth that really – I think it really works against him. If his name was Colt McCoy – We'd be like, yeah, hell yeah, but it's that's right. Stetson Bennett. I think that's what's holding him back. That being said, hearing talk about Stetson Bennett's almost like reminiscent of hearing about someone like Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey was a college football quarterback. He was a winner in college football. He was great. And then he was drafted by the Browns in like the seventh or sixth round. And then he never became an NFL quarterback and blah, blah, blah. He was always somewhere third on the depth chart. Um, but that doesn't mean he's not the real deal. Ken Dorsey was the real deal in college. And I think Stetson Bennett is the same thing. And we'll see what happens at the next level. I've seen enough out of Stetson Bennett. I'm going to go ahead and peach it as well. 
the issue here is that he was a former walk-on. If he was a high four-star recruit, no one would be giving him shit based on what he's doing. I think he has a legitimate Heisman chance, and um, it's time to stop treating him like a walk-on, which I was doing up until last week. Out of way, All right. Well, Freed, I think it's time to to veer off course here and start going into some more fun questions, if you're okay with it. Yeah. Peach it or pit it? Peaches are the juiciest fruit. Oh, man. I'm going to peach it. How can you not peach the peach? (laughs) Have you ever bit into a perfectly ripe peach? Just (laughs) dripping. Can't beat it. It is juicy. It is juicy. Okay. Jake, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to peach this as well. I mean, I'm between the peach and I guess, can I argue the plum? Maybe more juicy? It's it's tough, but since we are drinking a peach-flavored uh, beverage during the taping of this wonderful podcast, I'm going to peach it. I'm going with the peach. Not so fast, my friends. Not so fast. <laughs> you are getting caught up in the moment. You're being blinded by this peach paradise that lies in front of us. But this peach paradise is a mirage. Boys, when was the last time you drank peach juice? Hmm. Hmm. Never. They don't sell it. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing as peach juice. Maybe because it's too juicy. A Snapple peach flavor, however, I've had that many times over the years. Yeah, check the ingredients on that. There's no peach puree (laughs) in that. Boys, I just don't think you can say a fruit that has a massive pit in the middle of it. Uh, can be considered the juiciest fruit. I think per capita, if I'm using that phrase correctly, I think that you've got to give the juiciest fruit of all time to the grape. Oh, that's a good call. The grape is nothing but juice. There's grape juice. They can make wine out of grapes. All liquid, no pit. Got to be Got to be a great. Old take. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Bucci, sound off in the comments. Let us know what you think. <laughs> we got to make a Twitter poll on that, Freed, for sure. Yeah, you got it. All right, boys. Well, college football season is upon us, which means it is the month of September. September is pumpkin spice latte season. Peach it or pit it? Pit it. Premature. Premature. We had pumpkins go up in our household August 31st, and I say that is too soon. (laughs) October, please. I'm pitting this as well. I mean, someone's got to do something about this. Uh, It's too early. I mean, Freed, you got pumpkins in the the house already? I mean, what are we doing? We got to stop. It's just it's getting out of control. The pumpkin spice. Uh, Pumpkin, you have your month. You got October. That's it. That's Maybe right. even a week of November, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. You, you, wanna, you know what? You want to take it into November, be my guest. But leave September and any month prior pumpkin free. That's the thing. We don't, we, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pit this as well. Um, even though I've already enjoyed, I think, two iced pumpkin uh, spice latte beverages already in the past two weeks or so. <laughs> um, the thing is, we, we don't, we need a September thing like the pumpkins aren't ready yet that's was it summer is it fall where are we it's still summer the ice drink is still going strong but 
Yeah, I think what we need to do is stop global warming. I think that's what we have to do. I think that <laughs> this is how we can really bring the nation together, boys. We finally found a solution. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> you should run on that. You'd be, you'd be an elected official in no time. All right, beautiful, boys. All right, Freed, anything else you got? Nah. <laughs> Very That'll good. do it. <laughs> Great. That'll right. do it for it or pit pit it or peach it pit it or, yeah i like pit it or peach it that's better good thing we're never gonna do this segment ever again folks <laughs> that was what we're thinking here on booch ball with jake asman it is now time to take a little pit stop and check in on the bucha barometer bucha barometer so i took a look at the ingredients to this kombucha there's a juicy fruit in here besides peach Taste anything else? GTs loves putting surprises into these bottles. Is it a tropical fruit? Hence the paradise. Mm. Is it like guava or something? Papaya. Ah. So it is like guava. It's another tropical fruit that we have no idea what it's supposed to taste like, but we know it's tropical. I have no idea, but I'm not against it. We were talking about this, Jake, about a guava fruit is that nobody quite knows what a guava tastes like, but we just know that it's sweet. I'm glad I put it over ice because I feel like without ice, if I was going straight up, this might be a little too uh, like a little too sticky on my tongue. You know, it needs a little more funk. I agree with the uh, the, the evaluation there. I will say you definitely want to drink this cold. The ice cubes I have in the glass definitely enhancing the 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 experience of the drink. I think that goes without saying. Well, we say it anyways, you know, we never leave anything left unsaid. Here you know what happens when you assume. Well, believe me, you make an asthma out of you and me. I've heard it my whole life. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> All right, folks, we are on a roll here on Boochball with Jake Asman from ESPN Houston, the wheelhouse. And what's the name of the YouTube show? The Jake uh, Asman just, show. Yeah, just the Jake Asman show. That's it. We've loved your insights here on the college football and kombucha world, but now we're really going to put you to the test. Who we're picking. Week one had some bangers certified. Week two, you know, we're, we're shaking things up a little bit, finding good games and gems wherever we can. How about we start things off? Oh, man, this is going to be an interesting one. We got Tennessee six-and-a-half-point favorites traveling up to Pittsburgh is it still Heinz Field, or they call it something else now? It's called Acrisur Stadium, which is like some, like a I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> Heinz Field, okay? Pittsburgh won a big backyard brawl game over West Virginia, and they don't have Kenny Pickett anymore, but they've got somebody playing quarterback, and he won that game. So you know what? I've got the Pittsburgh Panthers at least covering this at home. I'm with you. I'm taking the Panthers. And that quarterback you mentioned, that's Keaton Slovis. He's a former five-star at USC. The USC so guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pretty good. I mean, he played well <laughs> in the backyard brawl, right? I mean, you know, obviously, you know, West Virginia, maybe not the, the greatest of teams, but that was still a big game, rivalry game. And Pittsburgh's impressive. They're, they're ranked 17th for a reason. Uh, Pat Narduzzi, I believe is the guy's name, is the head coach. He's been there a long time. He's done a really good job. Pitt at home, I'll take the Panthers. I will... Take the points and hope Tennessee acts like Tennessee. Okay, serious question. Does anybody not have a former five-star USC quarterback on their roster? It's like <laughs> everywhere. 
JT Daniels, Jackson Dart. I mean, I'm sure there's a few more. Yeah. But I guess there's there's probably only like one a year. So I mean, realistically, you can only have three transfer <laughs> five-star USC quarterbacks around at any given time. Pitt lost their offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple. He is no longer there. He's at Nebraska now. Oh shit. I, forgot I don't think Caden Slovis is quite living up to that five-star hype. I think Tennessee's gonna surprise some people this year maybe win eight or nine games in the SEC. And I think this is going to be one of them. I think they're going to cover. Very well, Freed. All right. Moving on to the battle of the Cy Hawk trophy, right, Freed? Yeah, yeah. We had to look this up. This is the battle of Iowa State at Iowa. Iowa coming off of a resounding 7-3 to three victory over South Dakota State. Iowa favored by three and a half points. Who do you got here, Freed? Iowa has won the last six matchups against Iowa State. Seeing as they are at home, I like to give the lean to Iowa, but with their inability to score touchdowns, will they win by more than three? I don't think so. So I'm picking Iowa State on the road with the points. Hmm. I'm taking Iowa State. They will watch Iowa. I mean, they won a game seven to three against South Dakota State. Can we emphasize that more? Seven to three over something called South Dakota State. I don't the know. Jackrabbits. Yeah. yeah, they didn't score a touchdown against the Jackrabbits. And that you is... think that a Hawkeye would have an advantage over a Jackrabbit. <laughs> and Jake, I'm going to agree with you. I think a Cyclone has an advantage over a Hawkeye just in nature and in general. So, you know, even though it's on the road against a rival, I know anything goes there, but. Shit, it didn't look so hot for Iowa starting off the season. Uh, Iowa State crushed their cupcake opener, so I'm going to leave it get it going after the Cyclones. Cyclones have been a pretty good team over the past, like, 10 years. Close game. You want the points. Why not? Let's go, uh, let's go Iowa State. All three of us are on that bus, so we're driving to Iowa. Choo-choo. <laughs> All right, Jake and I are Texas guys now, so what could be the best team in Texas this year, still to be determined, I'm talking Many about the Baylor Bears heading out to Mormon country. BYU is actually favored by two and a half against top 10 Baylor. What you got here, Jake? Man, this is a tricky one. This is tricky for, for Baylor because BYU is talented. They're well coached. Baylor's just been so good. What concerns me, though, is that this game's in Provo. And that's just a great home field advantage for the Cougars out there. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Baylor. Obviously I can't judge what they did in week one when they played Albany, but they did put up 69 points, a very nice number. I will add. Very much I'm so. going, I'm going Baylor here. Um, I guess I'm just. All right, Jake. I'm right there with you, brother. I have, uh, but only because in uh, one of the earlier episodes that we did in our week zero episode, I said that um, Baylor could potentially be the best team in Texas this year because everyone always forgets about those Baylor Bears and all of this Texas Longhorns, Texas A&M drama happening. I think we're going to see the Longhorns get blown out by Alabama, and then we're going to see the Baylor Bears steal one in Provo. You could argue Baylor was the best team in Texas last year, right? I yeah. mean, they certainly proved it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be a pretty strong argument, actually. And I'm agreeing with you guys, and I'm going with Baylor. You can't say the BYU Cougars without thinking about Zach Wilson's mom, and I'll leave <laughs> it with that. We have reached our final official pick here. 
And Jake, this is something on our show that we call the sediment pick. As is tradition on Booch Ball, we will now finish the sediment from our kombucha. This is why we go scrape the bottom of the college football barrel as South Alabama travels to Central Michigan, where the Chippewas are favored by five points at home. Freed, who you got? Like I said earlier, this matchup reminds me of a future bootrader.com bowl. I picked the road team on the first three games. No reason to stray from that now. USA. USA. USA, baby. Guys, I once knew someone that attended Central Michigan. I think J.J. Watt was a walk-on there, then transferred to Wisconsin. I think I have that Another right. walk-on. I'm going with the Chippewas. <laughs> the who? Is that what's their team name? The Chippewa? <laughs> what? How do you pronounce it? I, I think don't Chippewa. It's like Aspen. It's like Aspen. Chippewa. Yeah. Chippewags. You know. What are they? Uh, what's the actual name? The ch- it's a Native American tribe. The Chippewas, I believe. Fire the Chippewas. Chips. The Chips. Yeah. I, look, they hung around with Oklahoma State for a little while. I know Oklahoma State eventually covered, but that was a game. They showed yeah. me something. Jake, I'm with you, brother. Central Michigan, the Chippewas, take it from the South Alabama Elephants. What a game that's going to be. They are not the elephants. Are they not? <laughs> You're thinking of Alabama Roll Tide. Oh, South yeah, Alabama yeah. is what the What am I thinking of? Well, who are they? The Jaguars. Oh, the Jaguar. Jaguar. Some kind of jungle-based animal. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of southern Gulf states, southern Mississippi, heading down to Miami to face the Canes this week for the Miami pick. We go beyond the spread. We do a full-blown score prediction. Last week, Jake, Alex, and I wrote down our picks, and it was the exact same number. Really? Exact same number. 55 to 10. So right then and there, we made a pact to go visit last week's guest who lived in northern Arizona. If it hit 55 to 10, we are going on an all-expenses-paid vacation to visit his brewery. All expenses paid by us. By us. <laughs> All expenses are always paid by somebody, right? <laughs> so true. So true. So anyway, I digress. What do you think here, Alex? Southern Miss at Miami. Miami are 26-point favorites. Freed, I think it's going to shape out uh, similar to how I picked last week, except I'm going to give Southern Miss a little bit more credit, but not too much more credit. I got the Canes 48-17. All right, I'm thinking a little bit lower scoring this week. Um, I have a little bit more faith in a a group of five defense to slow Miami down to some extent. I'm going uh, 42 to 14. Nice, easy win, slightly covering that spread. I'm not going to bet against the hometown school on the hometown podcast. So Miami's going to win in a blowout. The U, we're all about it. You insert whatever score you want, but we're all about the – the, the comeback for Mario Cristobal and company, Tyler Van Dyke's going to win the Heisman. I'm going <laughs> to say exactly what you guys want me to say. So there you go. Love it. Love it. Yes. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. <laughs> We're fired up here on Boochball. All right, boys. We've The picks are in. But now it's time for us to go ahead and give this final score. The Peach Paradise. From GT Synergy. 
All right, Jake, so this is how we rate our kombucha. So we go through zero to 10. Zero, worst thing you've ever tasted. One, literally can't drink it. Two, disgusting. Three, not good. Four, meh. Five, would drink it. Six, would buy it. Seven, would recommend it. Eight, delicious. Nine, amazing booch. Ten, best thing I've ever tasted. That's tough, man. Five makes it sound bad, but like, I feel like most drinks, it's like, eh, that was bad. I've got to say, this is one of my least favorite GT's kombuchas that I've ever had. We chose this kombucha. I wanted to have a fruity one for you, Jake, something that would be kind of an easy entrance into the kombucha world. Didn't want to give you anything too wild and crazy. But GT's has gone a little too far with this sweetness, this juiciness, and this paradise that they're putting in here. Ah, man, I'm... I'm going to go 5.6. I'm I'm not, this isn't one that I'd probably ever buy again. I'm at like a five, 5.3. You know, like it was solid, but based on your guys' rating scale, it's not like the greatest thing ever. I don't know if I'm like buying this myself, but I definitely would have it again. It, you know, it's definitely something that um, I would drink again, no problem. I'm with you guys for the most part. I'm I'm going to skew a little more favorably on this. And I think it's because this is, it's a flavor that I haven't really seen before. Uh, Freed and I were talking about it beforehand and we're saying that this is kind of like newer to the roster. Um, I think you don't see a ton of like peach based drinks really, except maybe that Snapple peach tea. I guess you see it in tea sometimes, but I haven't really seen it in a kombucha yet. I feel like the papaya was a little bit overhanded. Uh, in the sweetener element, but you know, on a nice hot September pumpkin spice latte day, over a nice glass of ice, maybe with a little vodka spritz in there, I feel like I could buy this again. And it's you know, it's at my local grocery store. I could see myself picking up a peach paradise as a alternative to my usual sweet booch, which is the Mystic Mango from GT. So I'm gonna put this squarely into the wood buy it range, but not high enough to be a recommender. I'll give it a 6.5. The scores are in. Calculation in order. It's now time for the score reveal from the ETF 5 bot. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop. We got an average of 5.8. A 5.8. We've started the year. Didn't we have a 5? Was it a 5.9? That it, was a, one was? it was a 5.9 with the GT's original. So we're below the baseline. They actually may have made it worse with the addition of the peach. <laughs> Let's see, but I'd be much more willing to drink a peach paradise than I would to drink the uh, the GT's original on just a random day. Yeah, but, a whole bottle's a lot though. It's a it's a lot of a lot of sweetness. That's true. All right. Well, it's any given booch ball. Freed, let's check the Bucha big board. Where does this score fit in to our kombucha rankings? At 5.8, GT's Peach Paradise slides into a tie with GT's Gingerberry for 31st place. 31st place. All right. That's usually where the Jets end up on everyone's preseason ranking. You're not wrong. Hopefully they change that this year. (laughs) All right, boys. Well, Jake Asman, thanks so much for joining us today. Everybody, make sure to check him out on uh, you know ESPN Radio if you're in the neighborhood, but also on the YouTube channel. Jake, can you just uh, shout us out? Tell us where we can follow you on Twitter and YouTube and everything like that. Sure. Very easy. Just my name, guys. So it's Jake and then A-S-M-A-N, Jake Asman. And uh, you can follow me Twitter, Instagram. If you're interested in the YouTube content, 
Just search my name there, hit subscribe, and you're good to go. I'm pronounced like Jasmine. Um, That's well, right. From... <laughs> nice well, callback. You guys Thank are trained you for... professionals. You're coming for my job. I'm a little worried. <laughs> That's right. Thank you to our lovely Boochies and Boocher listeners out there tuning in. Everybody, make sure you hop on the Twitter polls this week. So far, I am blowing away the competition in my picking. Freed, hopefully you'll be able to catch up this week, buddy. Maybe one day. From all of us here at Booch Ball, thank you for joining us. And as always, stay cultured. Peace.